to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey, squaddies. Welcome to episode 93 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're interviewing two very special travel guru guests. Erica and Shane, the father-daughter duo from Travel Stamps. Travel Stamps is a collectible souvenir stamp that goes into collection books or binders, and they were really created to inspire new travel experiences. And the stamps that they have are really beautiful, colorful, illustrated decals. And the whole goal of Travel Stamps is to create the most comprehensive souvenir network that one day you can show to your friends and your families to represent all of the places that you have visited. And it's a great addition to your coffee table for people to pick up and look through and just reminisce about your experiences. And if Travel Stamp sounds familiar to you, it's because we've mentioned it before many times on this podcast. One, we had an episode talking about great travel gifts for travelers, and Travel Stamps was listed on as one of those gifts that we mentioned. Additionally, you've probably heard us many times talk about when Brittany and I come back from national parks or visiting new states. One of the first things we do is go to our Travel Stamp book, put in our stamp from that national park or state into our book, and it's just one of those things that we absolutely Absolutely love to do. And the Travel Stamp series started in 2017 specifically with the U.S. national parks. They have since expanded into states, U.S. cities, and so many more different things that they are branching out onto. It's so exciting to get the emails from them, seeing what new products and stamps they have, and it's absolutely exciting and inspires me to travel and collect them all ourselves. And with that, let's welcome Shane and Erica to the Travel Squad podcast. So we have been big fans of the travel stamps for a while now. I know, Erica, we had a conversation with you off air before this, so we got to gush to you all about it. But Brittany and Jamal actually discovered your stamp passport book when they were exploring national parks. And uh, actually, I think you guys discovered it in a national park at Pinnacles National Park. Which is pretty cool. And we got to hear a little bit about how the business idea came around. But now that we have uh, Shane here as well as you, Erica, I'd love to hear where the initial idea for this business came from. Well, I guess I can jump in on that one. Obviously, um, I grew up and raised Erica in Estes Park, so right outside the gates of Rocky Mountain National Park. And I actually worked for Rocky Mountain Nature Association, who runs the visitor center bookstores. And so I was the retail manager there for six years. So just seeing enough products go through, I was like, oh, we really want something that you could collect and actually could even be beyond the national parks. And we were just talking about it. It was way back in 2005. We were, what could it be? And I had little play booklets that we would play with. And I actually started it more like a postcard collecting kind of thing. And that's why we wanted Heidi here today. And unfortunately, she couldn't make it. She was the one in the office and she's like, we should try stamps. And I've got this cool idea. And that's where it took off. And she kind of took my idea and took her design and her her stamp idea and it was like yeah that's it right there there's no doubt and and when you put it together the name travel and the stamps it was like yeah that's for collecting no doubt it's perfect yeah and it's been really awesome to see you guys grow because at first it seemed like there was a focus on the national parks and then the states but recently you know i get the monthly emails that say how many new places you're releasing each month then you guys have just cool cities or other popular destinations or state parks or areas uh, national forests and so it's been really amazing to uh, see how much growth you guys have had and how exciting the stamps are because every time I see a new one come out I'm like oh have I been there do I need that stamp and I love that about your collection. For some of the new stamps that you guys have coming out, I know you guys are probably passionate about all these places yourself, but do you ever have your own customers suggesting stamps to you? 
Absolutely. We have a whole portion of our website dedicated just to that. So uh, I receive at least one request a day, um, mm -hmm. if not more, from people like yourselves who are traveling and they really wish that they could find a stamp at a place where they thought was really neat. And so I personally respond to all of those and I have a very long, active, ever-growing list that we are trying to chip away at. So that brings me to a question. What is maybe one of the best recommendations for a stamp that you guys have gotten that you just maybe never thought of? And also, not that any suggestion is a bad suggestion, but what's one of the dumbest suggestions you've ever gotten for a place? That has me like really curious, you guys behind the scenes, what your opinion is like best worst. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting what people connect to. So sometimes... I don't think I can recall off the top of my head some of the weirder, more kind of unique places because it's a, maybe a small place that one individual has a really strong connection to that they're really excited about, but maybe nobody else goes. <laughs> um, but a lot of suggestions we get, I think the most common one is for countries. So we are considering that here in the future, potentially. Well, I think it's a great idea. If you guys have the state book, which came second after the national parks, it only makes sense for countries because, I mean, you just see it within the travel community and travel products all the time. They have the maps uh, where you can put the pins in or the scratch off or do anything. But I love the sticker idea aspect of travel stamps also. We mentioned this off air to you before, Eric. It's like Brittany and I's favorite thing about coming home from one of our trips, whether it be like to a new state, new national park, is putting it in. It's something that we get to do together as a couple. And for travelers, just knocking off a country is exciting. And then to come home and then now you can relive it by putting it in the book, have that accomplishment. I think that's the next best natural progression would be the country one. So I'm super interested in people that have taken their passions, like passion for travel or their hobbies of national parks and whatnot, and turning them into actual businesses. So that's probably where a lot of my questions are going to go towards. But I'm just curious, from the time you guys had this idea and it kind of came together with your partner, Heidi, what were some of the things, like some of the initial challenges you had in, I guess, connecting with travelers or getting your brand out there? Well, that's the funny part to see the long term how it went, because it did take a while, because even just the idea stage took so long. And then once we narrowed it down to travel stamps and, oh, we'll have a book, just the designing and how long, because when we first started, it was 2015. And it took us two years just of designing and concepts to get that first book and those first stamps. And, and to see how it progresses now, it just seems like, oh, it rolls off. And it's so fast and different things can happen. But that initial, it took a lot longer than you would have expected. It, it, it just took a while because you've never done it. You haven't seen it. You go back in your mind and then to just source everything. Where are we going to publish it? You know, this was all new to us, you know, figuring it all out. And it took longer. And this, we always envisioned where we were right now that, wow, we're putting out 20, 30 stamps a, a month. But back then it was just like everything you could do, it was like two stamps and you're like, ooh, you know, excited. <laughs> it's like we got two more out. That was a month. So it, it's been a long road. It takes longer than you think it is. I guess you can catch magic in the bottle or lightning in a bottle, but most of it, I guess most people, it's going to take a while. You, you got to you gotta mm -hmm. think it through all the different things. And that's the fun part about it. You see where you came, how it went through each stage. And now it's getting really exciting when we see what's happening. Was there a big hurdle? Was there one particular thing that was like a hurdle that you had to overcome before you could get the ball rolling? Or was it just an accumulation of things because you guys were so new to the business? Yeah, it was just the matter of putting it all together. Each individual one maybe wasn't that hard. It just took a, a longer time to go through each one and how they're going to fit in. But I recommend it to anyone starting a business. It, it's, it was fun and to see it from beginning to where we are. It is the all-American game in a way. It is starting a business. So, mm -hmm. One of the things that I always thought about was who doesn't want to take their passion of travel and make it a business, monetize it. And I just admire that you guys have been able to do that. And believe me, us as the squad, we've racked our brains around like, hey, what type of product can we put out there? And 
I know we mentioned earlier that Brittany had first saw your guys' product at Pinnacles National Park in the visitor center in the store. Obviously, you guys have a website. I have to imagine that was probably one of the biggest hurdles. How do you partner with the national parks, let alone one or the whole system as a whole, to put your product in their stores? Yeah, and that's something people don't under even stand. Each national park is individual. They all make their own decisions. So a lot of people just think, oh, throw out a product and they'll all take it. And it's all 63 national parks. It doesn't happen that way. And there's an approval process. So everything has to be from the images to the text has to be approved to make sure it's correct. And that happens on each individual park. So it's a process. And I guess... To be honest, uh, we had a little bit of a leg up because obviously I worked uh, as the retail manager for six years at Rocky and then other businesses I owned. I started those before Travel Stamp. So I've been selling those products, pins and patches and walking stick medallions and other products to the parks 10 years before this product got out. So we kind of had an in and kind of knew the system that way where someone coming from scratch on the outside may not see the structure of how it's set up. That explains why we've seen the stamps in some parks and not in others. So with your website now, do you find that a lot of your customers are coming straight to you now rather than looking for you in the national parks? I think yes and no. Some people really enjoy being able to kind of pre-purchase their stamps or even post-purchase their stamps. So our our website was set up originally to post-purchase your stamps for those times that you maybe didn't make it to the visitor center or you visited it 10 years ago and you just weren't even collecting anything. But what surprised me was I've talked to several people who actually buy them before they go and then bring them with them so they don't even have to deal with the crowds at the visitor center. They're like, I'm going to put it in my book, but I'm already going to have it. It's already in my bag. So that that kind of surprised me, actually. Yep. You have two people on the call right here that do that. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely like when I know we're going on a road trip, I will pre-buy all of the stamps of places where we think we're going and we'll just have them in advance because we love coming home and just like that night when we get home from the traveling, going through and just putting the stamps in and it's so nice like to have them right there and not have to wait. Um, so I love that. And one thing that you guys mentioned was, you know, you have sold in some of the national parks, but you guys have obviously expanded way beyond the national parks and other areas. So do you guys have any other store other than your website that you sell to, to get your other products out there and your other stamps out there that aren't national parks? So that was always part of our business model that travel stamps can only be found in official visitor centers or museums or on our website, that they weren't just going to be something you could find anywhere. So we've tried to stick to that and we, we have stuck to that. So that means we sometimes will make stamps for things that aren't in the visitor center yet, but we're in contact with them. Sometimes we put them out while we're in contact with them or after we get a request from someone. But this actually reminded me as well when you were talking about hurdles in terms of growing outside of the national parks. I think that was a huge hurdle actually in trying to decide how we could create a collection system that was infinite. And that was something even with the national parks and the NPS system in general, I mean, there's over 400 units. How do you make something that can even fit 400 of something, much less towns and cities and state parks and all interagency things? Because that's how we travel. We travel by location. And in a location, there's a forest, there's a park, there's a state park, there's, you know, a city. You're, you're going to all of those places. And took a lot of brainstorming to come up with our collection binder and now our booklet to leave it open-ended. Yeah. And you guys have done a lot of work on your booklets because, you know, they're constantly adding national parks. Things are always being added. And one thing that I love is if you guys do go international, all of these countries do have national parks. They have UNESCO World Heritage Sites. They have forests. So it'll be really cool to see how you guys expand on that. Currently to date, how many stamps do you guys have in production? It's funny. I roughly counted actually yesterday and I think we're close to 500. We might be approaching 500. It's a big milestone. It's a lot. And so we also have quite a few that aren't released yet, but it's it's pretty crazy considering we started with 59. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there any insider information you can give us on upcoming stamps? 
Well, our next release will be features of particular national parks. So instead of going out, we're kind of going macro into a couple parks. So that's awesome. Like the Narrows and Angels Landing within Zion. Cool. You know, one thing that I also thought of, I'm just going to throw my idea out there on you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the things that I thought was, you know, it must be so hard to pick a stamp image because with many parks, there's lots of things that really like embody that park. And so for let's just say Zion, for example, people know Angels Landing, people know the Narrows, people know Zion Canyon. And so it's like so hard to pick. And so there's like the potential to even do Zion National Park, but you can pick out of like five different images of which one you want your stamp to be because some people might have a specific calling to one. Yeah, well, that's exactly what we're trying to achieve. Because I mean, I have great memories. We we went there almost two years ago now doing the Narrows and Angels Landing and how very specific but special each of those memories were. And yeah, that's exactly it. We'd love to have all of the cool things in each park to have their own stamp. But it it is hard. It is nice to get input. And oftentimes we do get input from the parks of what image they do want to see. But other times we go from our own experience or social media and see what we think the most iconic or viewed scene is. Well, you kind of answered a question a little bit. How then do you choose? And I think I heard you say you get input from the national park itself. And I know uh, Shane was saying earlier that they have to approve really everything. But do they have a say of like, no, we want this defining image? Or is it something that you just do and then they give approval? And how do you guys amongst yourselves decide like, yes, this is the image for this park? Yeah, they do have say, not so much say, it's just if we do it wrong, if Mm -hmm. we can pick the design, it's just if we like get an animal wrong or a plant wrong or a scene wrong, that's when it's like not approved. It's not so much that they won't approve Narrows or Angels Landing or any in particular image that we do. They're just looking technically, is the text right? Did we did we get anything wrong? So then amongst yourselves, how do you guys then decide what image you're putting on for, whether it be for the national park or the state for that matter, when we're talking about the state series, how do you guys internally figure that one out amongst <laughs> yourselves? We, we disagree sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. like it's a fun conversation there internally. So when it's a split vote, do you guys draw out of a hat or what? (laughs) Well, that's kind of the beauty of there being three. Well, particularly when we were doing the States, it was something where Shane and I would brainstorm the idea and then give it to Heidi to illustrate. And then she would have an opinion too. And so usually with three, you could get two people on the same page and be like, oh yeah, this, this works. But yeah, there's a few that we've, we've disagreed on, (laughs) but it's a good example of one. Um, uh, can you think of one? Uh, a lot of it, we get around it with a collage. Because uh, yeah. it's like, okay, there's New York City, but yeah, we superimposed it with Niagara Falls. So it kind of seems like, wow, Niagara Falls is going over New York City. But <laughs> you, you just try to pick and choose between and compromise. That's a hard one. And then I wanted to bring up one of the hardest things where we debate every day in the office, too, is what will be the next stamp? Because it's a balance between, well, are we going to finish these 400 National Park Service units before we go on to forests and this but we know we have people looking for cities. And so it's a balance of knowing, well, yeah, we can have all these very cool things, but are we finishing a series for someone that really wants to get their series finished? So it's a hard balance at times of what direction do we go? What stamp? And you try to keep everybody happy, hit at least a few. And obviously we're, we're trying to at least finish the national parks because I think everybody's got that as a big one for most people. And it's interesting just trying to determine those choices. Yeah, and and a lot of those choices, too, are dictated by requests we get from parks or destinations that reach out to us saying that they want one for their location. So we do prioritize that, obviously. But a good chunk is just deciding for ourselves. And that's where the suggestion box on our website for Suggest a Stamp is really helpful, because when we get a handful of requests for the same place, I'm definitely more inclined to look into it and get that stamp going as opposed to the one-off ones. 
When it comes to the stamps, I want to know which one's your favorite. And then if any, you have personal ties with, like you've been there and your experiences have influenced that image. Oh, that is stressful for doing, (laughs) (laughs) trying to illustrate places that you've been or lived and try and do them justice because Mm -hmm. you really know. And we've started working with several artists. I don't know if you've noticed that in our latest release, you'll start seeing more names on the side of each illustration. So we have quite a few new artists. And I know one of our new artists was from Houston and she designed our Houston stamp and she was like really concerned about getting it right. (laughs) And I'd say we were also concerned too, like with Estes Park, we both grew up there and we wanted that to feel like Estes Park and Moab, obviously. And And that's also part of what's driving doing features in parks, because it's exactly what you said. We aren't embodying this whole park in this single image. How could you? We we need more. Mm -hmm. One thought that I had is the original travel stamp started off as the national parks. And we mentioned it branched out to states and now the other lines of cities and everything else that you guys are doing. And as any good business, I know and can tell you guys are dedicated to each product line that you are doing. But why national parks first? I mean, do national parks have more of a calling to you guys than anything else? Is Like, why was national parks first for you of what you wanted to do in terms of like travel souvenirs and things of that nature? Economic sense and where our heart was, obviously growing up in Estes Park in the Rocky Mountain, we loved the national parks. But the fact that I already had profitable businesses selling national park products, it was like we already know the buyers, we already know the locations. It was like we need to start here. That seemed to come along pretty easy. But states, where do you sell a state? You sell it everywhere, but there's something about everybody going, I get to Rocky. You're you're kind of going into those two or three visitor centers and it's just all right there. But a state, you walk in any corner of that state, you're there and it's kind of find that retailer that wants that one stamp. We didn't know anything about that. And we're still trying to fight that battle of, I don't think we actually just sell a state stamp to a state store anywhere because it's, it's a hard no, but it's it's such a bucket list item, though. Like Those are things that I remember. So, for instance, when I was a kid, I remember collecting the state quarters on that state quarter map. Oh, yeah. And I remember doing that. And it's an important bucket list, but it is hard. And every state is different. So just like every national park is different, every state, their visitor centers operate completely differently. It's not just one size fits all, unfortunately. <laughs> I would imagine people aren't going into state visitor centers quite as much as national park visitor centers too. Yeah, I feel like they're more rest stops where like you go in to go to the bathroom and then you get out and you go to the place that you actually want to go to in the state. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that was a big push why we did push the website because it is more an internet kind of thing because it's hard for us to say where you're going to find that stamp in a state that big, you know, it had to be somewhere you could come to one spot and get your collection. So that was a big push for the internet for that. That makes sense. So back to my question, I am very curious, what is your favorite stamp? Oh, yes. <laughs> we didn't answer. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, I'll just say this because I was just there and I think this stamp is gorgeous. So I recently was in Maine and we went to Acadia National Park and a few other places. And one of the places that we went was Portland Head Lighthouse. And I've always seen pictures of that lighthouse and it's really beautiful. And that's a stamp that we decided to just design before I went. And I think the design came out so gorgeous and it is definitely in my top favorite stamps and they will be carrying it here in the next month or so. So what about you, Shane? What's your favorite stamp? Oh my God. I, <laughs> that I, I even the whole time America's talking, I'm like, I, I don't know how I would choose out of these. And it, it's like choosing your favorite child, I guess. It is. You can't you, you feel <laughs> bad choosing anyone. I, I just trying to think and I might have to come back to this. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, one of the cool things, and this isn't one particular stamp, but maybe you guys have noticed since you've been collecting from pretty much the start. So for instance, Pentacles, we've updated that stamp. So you probably have our old Pentacles stamp and we have since updated it. 
Oh, yes. You should take a look. I was going to say, we're going to have to take a look and we're going to have to actually update to third edition travel stamp national park book because we're still on first edition over here. And with New River Gorge being added on, we're out of space on East Coast. So an update is indeed needed for us. Yes. Yeah. I. Who would have thought they would have designated so many parks in the last, what is it, three, four years and almost all in the East region? But we do have an answer. Yes, we do. We do. Let's make that first edition book work. Yes. Yeah. So we have a special sticker that is the exact size of a page that will fit either on the front cover or the back cover or on one of the info pages that you don't really care about like maybe the last page. The only maybe downside is that it's not technically in your East region, but I have heard of people creating like a fold out page from their East region using a like scrapbooking tape to make a fold out page and then put our stamp expansion sticker on that page. So it is possible, but that said, we will work with you guys and anyone else who does want to kind of upgrade to a third edition and we'll help you place your stamps. It's amazing. But it's funny because Brittany and I have had the conversation like, well, we need to upgrade to third edition, but we don't want to get rid of first. So we would just get everything new and still add into the first because that's like the original scrapbook, but then you need that final piece too. So <laughs> that's like the conversations we have amongst ourselves regarding it. So we'll uh, probably do that little fold out that you mentioned. I like that idea that uh, you've heard other people doing. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Our books are constantly going out of date. (laughs) We never would have imagined this many changes. But that, on another note, exactly this kind of situation is something we always hoped for was to see, and we'd love for you to send them in and, and send them to us, is your different ideas, how you're using the stamps, how you're using the book, how you're adding this stuff. It's really that community of finding out how different people are using it in different ways. And we'd love to hear what you're doing with this stuff and share it with other people in the community. Yeah, for instance, I talked to a woman who was using our state book to get a stamp for every state that she ran a marathon in. Oh, oh, that's unique. Yeah. Yeah. She's more ambitious than me. That's for sure. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So do both of you guys have your own booklets and what kind of booklets do you guys use to collect your stamps? Oh, man. So I am constantly travel stamps all the time. So I don't have an up-to-date book myself. (laughs) But my joy, so it's kind of opposite. So instead of going to a place and getting my stamp for it, I go to a place and I design a stamp for it. Mm. So it's kind of the opposite end. And that's where my passion comes from. I want to go to the places that we don't have stamps for yet and try and figure out how to make a really cool stamp for that place. What are some recent places you've been to that you've created stamps out of? Well, Portland Headlight is a great one that was a perfect example for this. Like it's somewhere that I knew I was going and let's get it going. Shane and I are actually headed to Olympic National Park next month. So we have some ideas and designs in the pipeline for that. The Ho Rainforest is my favorite place of all the national parks. So pretty there. Yep. Yep. It's in the works. Since Kim brought it up in favorite places, I'm curious to know what is your guys' favorite national parks? I mean, obviously, I'm hearing you guys lived and grew up outside of Rocky Mountain. Now, Erica, you live right outside two national parks, Canyonlands and Arches. But what is your guys' favorite of them all? I know it's tough to choose. Each one is so unique, but there has to be one that stands out to you guys like on a personal level. Well, I'll go first, I guess. And I guess that's part of it. I, I As you live in Moab and Rocky, I guess you kind of take them for granted. So it's kind of hard. In some ways, in my heart, they're my favorite because they're home. But I guess you would say your favorite is places that are maybe the complete opposite. So that's why for me that really connected over the last couple of years was both coasts. Uh, walking through Redwood National mm-hmm. Park there in Prairie Creek, going just through the trees and that Fern Canyon and just, wow this is so amazing and so different than what I've used to. And then as Eric was saying, she got a chance a couple years ago, we went to Acadia and to be able to go up uh, the beehive trail on the scale, those rocks and the bars and look out over the ocean and hear it crashing and repel off otter cliffs there. It's something growing up in the mountains in Colorado. 
that was pretty darn spectacular and it's such a difference that it really stands out to what you see every day at the others. But I, I love Rocky and Arches, but those really stood out. Yeah, that's a really good point. I kind of feel the same way as well, where the special things are the the things kind of out of your norm. And I don't I don't know if I can choose a favorite per se, but I I have an example of one. So like in in Arches and any national park, I feel like when you are able to go during a time when not many people are there, obviously those off-season times are really spectacular to me where you get to experience it in a more natural sense instead of the Disneyland sense. Um, but one of my favorite things is in Arches when we get a snow, so it maybe snows heavily two, three, four times a year, and then it melts pretty much within a day. So you have that one day to like go into Arches and see those red rocks with Mm. white snow over them and bright blue sky and it is stunning and it's one of those things where you don't really know to look out for unless you live in that place so Mm. it's like finding those little things where you get to experience something that not a lot of people get to experience that sounds amazing yeah and what shane had said too kind of really resonated with me in a way of you know when things are in your own backyard in a sense you explore them you love them it's home but you're in a way immune to the uniqueness of it because you're around it like all of us are originally from northern california we grew up right next to lake tahoe yosemite some of my favorite places i love them i don't think a lot of places are more beautiful than that but at the same time like i wouldn't put any of those places as my favorite places because I was around him my whole time, right? Where other people would definitely say like, oh yeah, for sure. Yosemite has to be like my favorite national park. I mean, it's one of the, I would say top five of all the 63 that they have, right? But to me, it doesn't even make my top five, right? So what you said, Shane, resonated with me in a way. Hey travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries. One week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip. A week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. A road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks. Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions. Plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning. So all that you have to do is show up and have fun. Purchase your comprehensive Travel Squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com. Best of all, they're on sale right now for $30. So travel on over and get yours today. We want to thank our sponsor, Manscaped, which is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champion of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join the over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TRAVELSQUAD at manscaped.com. I've been manscaping before Manscaped was even a product. And I can tell you this from all my times from puberty until now, since I've gotten my hands on the Lawnmower 4.0 and be one of the first men in America, let alone the world, to try this product, nothing has been better for me in my manscaping regimen. Imagine a sleek, well designed, optimized trimmer that makes shaving the most enjoyable part of your bathroom experience. The Lawnmower 4.0 features a cutting edge ceramic blade due to its skin safe technology. It also has multiple guard lengths, a spotlight to guide your shave, and wireless charging capabilities. It is even waterproof, so you can take this bad boy with you into the shower. No worries about getting electric shock or nicks on your family jewels whatsoever with this product. I know my balls have thanked me, and your balls will thank you. And so will the ladies in your life. Get 20% off and free shipping with code TRAVELSQUAD at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code TRAVELSQUAD. 
Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So you both, or at least Erica, when you were younger, you, you both lived in Estes Park, Colorado. There is a national park in Colorado that I've been dying to go to, and that's Mesa Verde. Have you both been there? Yes, yes. The tours are awesome. And climbing the ladders and crawling through their little doorways and learning about the history is so spectacular. That is on the top of my list, that one. It looks so cool. Yeah, there's so many ruins in southwest Colorado and Utah. I I didn't really understand how many ancient ruins there were in the area before living here and how truly special it is and kind of how sad it is that they've been looted and destroyed in a lot of ways and what we can do to to help that. It's 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 kind of this balance of preserving places and, and visiting them at the same time where maybe that doesn't go hand in hand all the time. And I'd never really thought about it before moving out here. I can't wait to go. <laughs> You'll love it. Are there any national parks you haven't been to? Oh, lots. <laughs> Oh, there's plenty. Uh, Yeah, there's so many. I mean, I'm kicking myself because I used to live in California. And while I lived there, I was in college and going to national parks as a freshman, sophomore in college was the last thing on my mind. And now I'm really sad that I never went. (laughs) And there's so many out here, too. Yeah. To any of the ones in California when you were here? No. No, I didn't. I mean, I I visited really beautiful places and I I lived in San Luis Obispo and I I lived for a time in Healdsburg, California, and I I went to Mirror Woods, but I never went to Redwoods and I kicking myself. (laughs) I'm going to throw out one California national park that I'm going to highly recommend Sequoia. Do yourself a favor and go to Sequoia. It's a twofer. Kings Canyon is right there. I'm sure you guys know they touch, but definitely one of my favorite places in California, period, is going to be Sequoia National Park. That's both a park we haven't been to and we've been talking about. We need to get there and we just haven't yet. So that's great. We'll definitely follow up. Cancel Washington and <laughs> the Olympic and go do yourself a favor and go to Sequoia. Or better yet, just extend your trip. There we go. Well, we were told we have to go to the whole rainforest. We were told. (laughs) (laughs) You can't miss that. It's actually funny. We took a trip up to Washington about a year ago, and we went to the whole rainforest and also Rainier. And in Rainier, there is this iconic shot, and I know you know it because it's on your stamp, where there's a waterfall, and then you can see Mount Rainier in the background. And it's so funny because the first time I saw that image was on the stamp after we had been there because we went and, you know, it was a lot of crowds and all of that. There's a line. And so I just got in, got a picture of the waterfall, and got out and didn't even notice that Rainier was in the background. So Brittany sends me the stamp, a picture of the stamp, and she's like, do you, do you remember this picture? <laughs> no. <laughs> Aww. Because after she took the picture, we were like, oh, my God, that was such a gorgeous backdrop with a mountain in it. And Kim was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you're kidding, right? And she was like, no, I just took a picture of the waterfall. And we had just completed like a six-mile hike, and it was really hot. So like, And, you know, there was crowds, so I get it. But I was like, how did you miss that? <laughs> so that's my favorite stamp. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. It's a good one. You know, so on Instagram, just like two days ago, this family with these two little kids tagged us because they found the spot where we found our inspiration for our Great Basin stamp. And so they took a video of their stamp in the place where you can kind of see the bristlecone pine and the mountain in the background. And it's like this pan shot of of the stamp in the place. And they were all excited that they found it. Um, So that's been kind of fun. That is cute. 
and we do have to put out there, they're not all real. Because no. there'll be some stamps, they're a collage, and you won't find that exact shot. So hopefully some people aren't tramping all over the park looking. <laughs> I know. Like, like Lassen, for instance, yeah. you will not find Lassen Peak behind Bump as Hell. You will not find it. <laughs> That's funny. So how much time would you guys say that you guys travel for work? Oh, this is a hard one. I think we do more for pleasure because that's the opposite of successful business. It's part of this that sometimes it sounds glamorous and, oh, you must be going all there. But at the other time, no, this has to get done. So we're actually in the office doing a lot of work, but that's our plan. And obviously we've always talked that you can't really grow the business unless we're out there living it too. So it's something that we're not on the road all the time, but we are trying to make concerted efforts that consistently multiple times a year that we are trying to get out there and, and see these places because you don't get the context of the whole thing unless you are out there. So it's an important part that we do. We realize we can't just sit here in the office and do this 100% of the time, even though you could easily. Well, that was a hard one to say how much is business and how much is actually. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the whole point is, is creating a business that revolves around getting you out there, but also because that's what you want to do, not because you're doing it for work. So, so it's hard to say, but I think work is tied to pretty much everywhere that I go now, <laughs> but in, in the best way possible. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. And like I said before, where everywhere new that I go, I'm like, oh, stamp for here would be great. <laughs> and, and it's exciting because I feel like a lot of other people are starting to feel that way too, considering the amount of suggestions that come to my inbox. People want more, more stamps for all the, the neat places they go to. Mm -hmm. I think these books are so cool. They're really in this day and age when we have everything online and your pictures are on your phone and you don't really print them out anymore. This is something you can hold and it will live on your coffee stand and you can pick that up and those memories will all come back to you and it doesn't really exist anymore. That was another big part we did. And even we kind of conjured back to that because it's important from way back of cave dwellings and them drawing on there. There's this physical thing that us as humans really connect to and need. And then it's that balance of we don't want something cumbersome. You know, you can't collect the physical T-shirt from every single place you went. Who's got a closet that big? So there was a lot of balance of that because it is something that tangible that you hold it, you put it in there. It always resonated with us that that is still never going to go away, no matter how much the internet or technology and phones increase. There's something about it. I know that's what resonated with us. It's your own personal scrapbook. It's tangible and it's in your hand. Like you said, it's not something that you put away or it's a knickknack you buy and ends up on a shelf and maybe thrown away later, right? I mean, this is a possession that you want to hold on to. And then like Kim said, it's on your coffee table. People are over. They're going to see it. It's a conversation piece. And now you're starting to talk about something fun and that you love. And I think that's one of my favorite reasons why we love your product. And as a matter of fact, I just want to throw this out there. We did mention on a previous episode that we did about gifts for travelers. We listed you guys uh, on there as like one of the top ones for it because of that reason. So it, it, it speaks to us. And I know feedback we're hearing from you of people giving you their input on what should come next. It speaks to a lot of people. So you have a great product on your guys' hands. Thank you so much. And, and that's really, we talked about this even back at the beginning of, we just knew how me raising her as our family, what it meant. And, and when you think about kids growing up and that they remember this and that's something that either they'll have their own book or they'll always go home to mom and dad when they're older and, and look at that book and to be able to see some of the memories they wrote and to think we're going to be part of their life is just so amazing and we knew if we could be part of that everything would be worth it just to think that we were part of someone's family or a couple a tradition in that household, it's kind of gives you the chills even a little bit. It's just like, wow, we're part of people's lives. Yeah, it's funny. I, I just looked to the side of my computer and to the side of my computer, I have a letter that this family and their two-year-old, who's probably like five now, sent me like three years ago. And it's a like an actual like Kodak printed picture of them at Congaree National Park with a thank you letter saying thanks for making their national park travels fun. And just like little antidotes about how their son is getting too old to sit on their lap now and have to, has to have his own seat. And just like these little things that are are part of their memories and now my memories and and yeah it does kind of makes me a little weeby 
<laughs> that's really special. Yeah. You guys have created something that's more than just a product, truly. That's amazing. I can even see down the road another product suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen kind of like adventure books where they're telling you things to go out and do, but it could be centered around travel and collecting your stamps and maybe a cross country road trip kind of a thing. And really even more so becoming part of people's memories and their trips and adventures. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that would be kind of cool having having like a set road trip where you can pick up all your different stamps and kind of see them all as, as our tagline is. Mm hmm. Do you guys have any plans thinking about the future five, 10 years out for travel stamps? I hope to have a lot more stamps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um, well, we'll see. I mean, we'd love to get the National Park Series really wrapped up, get all 400 and however many of those. I'd love to get all the national monuments, get a, a good handle on all of our forests. And state parks are, are kind of hard where I'd love to be able to do a full state park series, but that kind of requires buy-in from all state parks and not everyone might want to go to every single Kentucky state park or something like that, you know? Um, but there's probably a lot of people that do, you know, who are there. I'd love to see us get into countries. And I know we've had a lot of requests for Canada national parks, and I could see us getting into that um, sooner than some of the other parks. But even in, you know, England, Scotland, Wales, they have parks there too that people have requested. And um, well, the other things that we're trying to, and that comes back to how we serve the market the best. Because when you say the national parks, that's a lifetime collection, you know, for most people, even though some people do it in a year, which is amazing. But what we're going to try this fall is is more approach cities. You know, we're from Estes Park. So you're going to go to Estes Park and you probably played golf there or you tried renting a boat on the lake there. You played miniature golf there. You took the tramway up the mountain there. You maybe went horseback riding. So the question is making these little sets of your one trip. So that's that balance that we're having a hard time figuring out what's the best of these big sets that everyone's going for or a combination where, hey, this was my Estes Park or Colorado trip there. And there was a stamp for almost everything you could do in Estes Park or Colorado Springs or Denver. And just how do we approach this? Yeah, either zooming out or zooming in. And we go back and forth a lot. <laughs> So you, you guys have your website, travelstamps.com. Where else can people connect with you? So I see every submission that comes through our suggest a stamp portal. You don't have to suggest a stamp there. You could just reach out there. That's no problem. And we have our Instagram account. So at travel stamps, same with Facebook. You can find us there. I would say if you want a faster response, go to the website versus social media. So things tend to get lost on social media a little easier. Perfect. And we'll link everything in the show notes so people can easily get to you. But we're coming towards the end of time here, but we have a fun little activity we like to do with all of our guests, a quick little rapid fire segment. If Britt, you want to kick us off on a rapid fire segment, if you guys are up for it. Oh boy. We'll see. <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> all right. First question. Where is your dream vacation to? Oh, oh Olympic. <laughs> I want to go to Glacier. <laughs> And you guys are going to Olympic next, is it next month? Yeah. My dreams are coming true in a month. <laughs> yep. Next month. Awesome. All right. Here's another hard hitting one. Give me a travel confession. Ooh, I don't know if this is a confession, but it's just a public service announcement for all women. Get a Shiwi. They're the best. <laughs> Get one. We have one. <laughs> Brittany has a shiwi. Brittany has a shiwi. You know, I, I <laughs> the, the patriarchy dies as we all stand in peace. <laughs> that's what I think. No, but anyway, that's been my best investment for traveling and hiking. So I'm all, all for the shiwi. Okay. And for you, Shay? Oh, shoot. I don't, I don't know what I put as a confession. We grew up in Estes Park and up until I was 30 years old or so, I don't think I visited any other national park. Oh, wow. So, and to go from one extreme of there to like, I'm just as new to this in some ways, even though I grew up there. It seems like I'm a, a national park guru or something out there, but 
No, I'm not. Oh, you know what? I love that because it just goes to show you're never too old or you're never too experienced or too not experienced to start traveling and to start going to national parks. I feel the same way. I was, I think, 26 before I ever even left the country. And then I just got the travel bug and started going, going, going and now have a travel podcast. So I'm right there with you. I love that. You know, the road you end up going down is you would never know. And, and other outside people wouldn't know. You would have thought he's National Parks all the way, which I was. I loved him, but I'd never visited him. Wow. And final rapid fire question for you guys. Give us a National Park insider tip. Ooh, an insider tip. Mine usually have to do with how to take good photos, particularly in arches. I posted on our social media about how to take a really good picture at Double Arch without any people in it. So go look that up on our Instagram if you want to know the insider tip for how to take a great photo at Double Arch. (laughs) And Shane? And I guess I'll go local too, just more on people come to Moab and, you know, obviously you got arches and that everybody goes to see that. And you've got Canyonlands Island in the sky, which is close. But if you're in Moab, you want to go south to the needle section and to be able to walk out there and do the full loop out there and walk through the joint and see the Druid Arch, you will be blown away. And compared to what you'll see in the other places, you'll be out there and it will be the most amazing thing you ever saw. It will blow you away and there won't be as big a crowds out there. That's great. Solid insider tip for sure. I love the tips for how to avoid crowds. That's amazing. And that's funny because when we talked to Erica the first time, she had made that same recommendation. That's the hard part. And that's where going to this reservation system, a number of the parks, it it will be somewhat of a benefit because to see a national park like Disneyland, it's just not the same thing. It's not the same experience. And to be able to get out there and feel like you're on your own Everybody's got to experience that. It's something completely different than when I mean, you got thousands of people going down the trail with you. It's just not the same experience. Yeah, we really like to travel to the national parks during off seasons or shoulder seasons because then you get that true experience. And last year, we actually had the cool opportunity to travel to both Grand Tetons National Park and Yellowstone National Park during COVID, right when they opened both of the national parks back up because they had been closed for a while. And the day that we entered Yellowstone National Park from the south entrance was the first day it was open. And so there was no one there. We had lots of the trails to ourselves. And we felt like we had the entire park to ourselves, really, because there were no crowds while we were there. And that was truly unique and amazing. And I will always remember that. And I think that was really one of our highlight trips from 2020. Yeah, it sounds incredible. I talk about this with my partner all the time. Being here in Moab during COVID, only locals were allowed to be in the park or anywhere around here. And I I remember walking down Main Street and I saw these like two blue herons fly over Main Street. And you're like, what is this? It's this so quiet, uh, so beautiful. And it will never happen again, most likely to experience these places like you did. It's special, that's for sure. Absolutely. And as we're wrapping it up, do you guys have any final thoughts or last piece of information you want to share with us about anything, your guys' business or about you guys in general? It's all turned out and we hope this just movement kind of grows and we ask everybody else to have a great time, be safe out there and, uh, you know, take care of the world when you're out there and uh, leave it a better place or at least as well as it was before, because that's part. We want to encourage the travel, but we really want it to be respectful and and enjoyed for many, many generations. We want to make this a positive That is the perfect note to end on. Thank you both so much for being on our podcast. It's really a dream come true to have you guys on here. And we really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's been such a pleasure talking with you guys and and following your travels. It's, It's really fun. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you guys. All right, everyone, that is our interview and our episode for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Keep the adventures going with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast, tag us in your adventures too, and send us in your questions of the week. If you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, everybody. Bye.